Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Regina Rube with us from Arizona. She's an ed tech specialist um, professional. So, Regina, I I just want to hear a little bit about how did you get into this, and at what point did you start working from home? Yeah, um, I never thought I would be working from home. I mean, this was, I started uh, Mm pre-pandemic around August 2019, so just before the pandemic. And I think Mm -hmm. I I got lucky in that then I didn't feel as like shocked when I did have to work from home and I'll get into that a little bit, but you know, uh, around August, I started having childcare issues. I have two kids, um, what on the way, um, my daughter is now six. My son is two. My daughter has special needs. Um, and so, um, it's, it's, you know, really hard. Um, she was, I think, you know, in the summer, if you, you there's no daycares for special needs ch- children. So you have mm. to have, um, either, a, a, you know, a nanny or find a, a, you know, a special situation. And so, you know, uh, when we started having issues with childcare, I had to make a decision to cut back my hours. So I worked for ASU for almost nine years and, um, you know, loved it, didn't think I would be leaving and all of a sudden had to make the decision of putting my family first. And I think, you know, many moms have been there where you have, you're put in a tough spot and you have mm-hmm. to make that choice and it's hard. Um, you know, I love working. I think I'm a better mom when I work and when I'm a professional, like, mm-hmm. you know, blessed stay at home moms that love it. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I started, uh, but, but needed to work because of health insurance. Okay. Um, because I was the one that, um, you know, was, had the better health insurance and with yep. my daughter, we just needed it. Um, so was able to like really work my network and, and, and find a solution working part-time still at ASU uh, at night. And Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So ASU is Arizona State University. Yes. And really quick, were we talking about you started having the childcare issues August of 2019 or August this past year? 2019. Yeah. Okay. So pre-pandemic, um, kind of in that summer, knew I was going to be kind of uh, nanny less. We had a nanny prior to that yeah. and, um, didn't have, uh, the money really back then mm-hmm. to then mm-hmm. be able to afford a new one. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you said that you started working evenings at the university. What kind of job is available at that time? It was kind of a really unique situation where I was an executive assistant, nothing that I studied. Uh, prior to that, I was doing kind of innovation management, um, but kind of took a, 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 an executive assistant job to a, a, a vice president there to a kind of, um, and uh, just did some admin work at night. So really kind of create, this was a very unique situation and ones that doesn't exist, but uh-huh. uh, was able to kind of make it work in in that situation and so um you know worked from home from eight to to midnight so that was a a fun uh I did that for like about six months no the person that you were supporting were they also awake and working with you during those hours or were you working asynchronously and just like wrapping up tasks that they needed from earlier in the day 
sometimes working uh, odd hours, sometimes asynchronous. A lot of it was asynchronous, but you know, mm-hmm. random requests would come in and 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 you know, I'd be there to help out. So it was again very unique situation. After after a while, the job wasn't c- continued, and um, I think stars aligned where. Um, you know, as I was doing that, I was doing some contracting work uh, mm-hmm. with a consulting company um, and uh, kind of was able to then transition into a, a, a new job, May of 2020, uh, okay. so like right in the middle of the pandemic, wow. started a new job with a new company, uh, new co-workers, um, but had wanted to work on remotely on purpose. And that was a hundred percent. You were onboarded into a new position without ever stepping a foot on site. I have not met any of my coworkers. Um, in yeah, in real life, this is for. So now I for the an, an ed tech company that I work at uh, started in May twenty twenty, uh, based out of Denver, um, and I've never met any of my coworkers, um, <laughs> and it's been so weird to think um, that. You know, I feel so connected to them and so close to the team, but I've never met them. Um, mm-hmm. With the exception of my boss, well, the VP, because I knew them from a prior job. Okay. Everyone else haven't haven't met, so it's been kind of wild. Um, How do you feel connected? Like, what has what have you done as a team that has helped you feel connected to your team? Sure. So, I mean. You know, I think we we all live on Zoom, um, but what has been nice is that uh, this team really works to make space for getting to know one another in a personal level. And I think we, um, some people that might be might have gone from like in the office to Zoom, there was this blurring of kind of personal and work life. Right, mm-hmm. you were no longer able to keep your personal life. <laughs> personal like people were seeing your home kids were bombing your zoom like all of that became a thing and became normalized Mm -hmm. um I think while that some people felt it can be hard for some people I think in our situation where we our team is remote first um you know I think that created a, a a place where we felt more comfortable kind of being personal and kind of letting that window into our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we do a lot of like random socials via Zoom. Um, we once had like a happy hours that they, they taught us how to make like whiskey sours and like hired up, <laughs> you know, like, so it's kind of, you have to be very intentional. Like what randomly happens in the office, you have to be very intentional about recreating in a, in a remote world. With your personality type, would you say that you were very receptive to that? It sounds like you like that, where other people might be more introverted and not feel a little bit pressured to join in on that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I am. Uh, I, I, I think because I'm an open book, it yeah. doesn't bother me uh, to kind of like display my personal life, what my situation is. Um, and, you know, I feel like I... I think you can make connections anywhere. Um, And I think it's just uh, about being vulnerable and being open. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think like you can, you, you can make those friendships, um, Mm -hmm. but can definitely understand people that might feel more hesitant to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
would you say that most of your team uh, have a similar like family structure as you, or do you have any single people who don't have any children or single moms who might feel like they don't, I don't know, jive in the same way as, as the rest of you do? Oh yeah. No, everyone has a completely different like living situation. Some have, you know, some have partners, uh, some have kids, Mm -hmm. some are single. I think what we all have in common is like a passion for our job uh, and our passion for, um, you know, making a difference in education and in upskilling and like Mm -hmm. um, that drives us and that connects us. Um, and, and I think that makes it easier when, when we're trying to, to kind of meet with one another, like via Zoom and get projects mm-hmm. done. You just get used to a different cadence. Um, yeah, it sounds like you've, you've found a good rhythm. And that's been a year, a year and a month? Yeah, yeah, just over a year being at the company. Um, and, you know, it's... Yeah, you like well, the thing that will be interesting now that the 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 office has offices around the country, uh, headquartered in Denver. Now it's going to kind of hybrid mode, mm-hmm. where you have places that are going to be and coworkers that are going to be in person. Yeah, and there's part of like this like you know FOMO that goes on of like what am I missing if I'm not there? Yeah. Thankfully, my my unit is remote first, so many many of them are across the country, and so right. I think many, many companies are going to struggle with this dynamic of like, how do you ensure that people feel be- a sense of belonging, particularly in this hybrid world? Yeah. I was actually just reading an article uh, that was talking about like the potential emergence of like corporate retreats and how Salesforce was like wanting to buy a ranch to have like, you know, a, a place where they could do like a weekend away where you like fly employees over and have them kind of create this like in-person connections. It's an interesting concept. Who knows what's going to happen post-COVID. Interesting. Um, So you you mentioned FOMO, like fear of missing out. What kind of things, and I know what other people have said, but what about you? Is there anything that you feel like you might miss out on by not being in person? Yeah. um, So kind of working in ed tech and more in like innovation uh, space, you know, the cross-pollination of ideas is really important, right? Like the random meetings with a coworker mm-hmm. on the hallway where you say, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Creates those connections. And so when you're all remote or some of you're remote, some are in person, there's this sense of like uh, how you maintain the cross of, crossing of information mm-hmm. across the kind of the physical and the virtual. You know, I think companies have to be much more intentional about information flows and individuals have to be maybe more strategic about creating relationships across um, the company to, to, to kind of keep an ear on the ground of what's going on. Do you feel like you ever have opportunity for a one-on-one conversation um, since you are often in Zoom? Is it your whole team or do you ever have one-on-ones? Well, we have a ton of one-on-ones. Yeah. So the, the, the challenge is that then you have like a gazillion meetings that you have to keep. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So when do you work is the question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that can create a challenge of like, how do you balance meetings and work time and making sure that meetings are productive, but ma- maintaining relationships, um, 
you know, even as like, uh, you know, one of the things that I think has helped me uh, in, in feeling a sense of belonging is just volunteering for, for different initiatives and corporate initiatives. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've helped um, start our um, employee resource group for let, Latinos at our company. Cool. Um, and while that has meant a little bit of extra hours, um, it has also allowed me to kind of create more connections with other coworkers outside of my unit. Right. Um, and what about your scheduling? Uh, you mentioned like, when do I work? Do you actually log in and log off at a set time every day? Or is it a little bit more fluid and flexible? Kind of a, a combination. Uh, so, you know, I try and work in a window from like eight to five-ish. Well, why I say ish is because one of the other reasons why I wanted to work remote and for me working remotely and at home is ideal is because I have my daughter with special needs. She has therapies three times a week and um, they're scheduled kind of at random times across, uh, you know, and making sure that they don't interfere with school. And, um, And so, you know, it just depends if there, if it's a therapy day, I might work a little bit more, um, or might, you know, work, start earlier or work at night or work maybe a couple of hours on the weekend, but I have that flexibility. And I think also what that has allowed me is to be more efficient with my time. Cause I don't have to travel to and from the office. Right. And yeah. lose that time traveling back and forth. Of course. Um, but then also I think there's this sense of a, a reduced sense of pressure, right? In that, because you go into a kind of a, almost like a social contract saying with, at least with my corporation, where it's, you have that flexibility, where as long as you're in the meetings, you have to be and doing the work that you have to do, you can start a little bit later and a little bit later, take an appointment here, go to the doctor there. And that has allowed me to maybe put less pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. And feel less guilty about having, I think this mom guilt, right? That you, you experience that you have to like juggle your, your professional life and advance and get your work done, but still have to do all the other things that you have to do for your kids or pick them up from school. Like working from home has reduced that guilt so much for me. And maybe it's like all in my mind and I created it, but it's like, that has allowed me to have given me like the, okay. It was like an, an, an informal, okay. Like Regina, it's okay. You can be flexible. Just get your mm-hmm. work done. Well, it sounds like you walked into a culture of flexibility and that your teammates and, you know, leadership are, are accepting that sort of structure where some people like feel like they have to crack down even harder on, you know, clocking in and clocking out because we can't see you physically. So we need to make sure you're here. So everybody, I've heard stories of people all, all having to say hello first thing when they come in and, you know, goodbye at the end of the day. And like some weird little things that kind of like, it just comes with the culture. And, you know, it sounds like you guys have developed a culture of flexibility and uh, openness. And it sounds like you were really lucky to find this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's important to recognize that not every company has that culture, but I think mm-hmm. more companies should. Yeah. Right? I think like, why, why can't we have more corporations that trust their employees? And why can't we move to more like output 
focus and outcomes mm-hmm. focus instead right. of like number of hours that you work. Um, right. So yeah, definitely very, very lucky. Love where I work, mm-hmm. love the culture that, 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 that the, the corporation has and really kind of committed to supporting um, professionals. So definitely it's a, it's I'm- a privilege. I feel like the more that a company is trusting and that more respected that the employees feel, the more they want to do well for the company. And I know that there's always going to be the people that are going to abuse it. Um, but the more that people feel distrusted, you know, they're just going to give the bare minimum is my opinion. So I hope some leaders out there are listening, you know, as you're trying to think of how you're going to make your company going forward. Now that the pandemic is, you know, changing gears, I can't say it's done. Um, You know, a lot of companies are asking their employees to come back. Some of them are giving them the option to do a hybrid. Some of them are saying, you know, 50% or, you know, do you want to stay at home? And I hope that people are listening to this sort of thing, you know, the culture that you create and the more options, I think the, the happier keep your employees. I hope that you'll see more productivity in the end. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, you even see that with companies that are going to four days a week where, you know, employees uh, can, if put, you know, if trusted can, can meet that bar. And like you said, maybe it's not the, it's not right for every role. It's not right for every job. You know, Mm -hmm. there, there, there are jobs that require you to kind of be more consistent and be available from a period and window. So definitely understand that, but it depends of course on the structure of like your actual workflow. Yeah. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So um, I work at a, an, a tech company called Guild Education and they um, are, our mission is to um, help uh, unlock economic mobility through upskilling and education. So um what's really great it's like a uh a company who's very mission driven and uh unlocking economic uh, education opportunities by working with like top employers like Walmart um Lowe's and um helping connect uh like encourage employers to offer free degrees or free upskilling to their employees so like if, if um, you know, people that work at Walmart or Chipotle are able to get free education, yeah. certificates, degrees, and that's through Guild and our academic partners. So we kind of serve as a, a, as a marketplace and as a connector between the employers, the academic partners, and the, and the, and the students to create kind of a win-win situation. Who pays for the education? The employers do. So using, using, you know, the, Right now, I think uh, a, a, a ton of employers uh, pr- provide um, tax benefit. So like usually if you work for a large corporation, you can get like X amount that paid for and then the employer mm-hmm. gets a tax benefit. So it's okay. kind of through a similar using kind of current structures uh, mm-hmm. and encouraging employers. It's a benefit to the employers when their, their employees are able to uh, gain education and, and, yeah. and upskill and, and, and um, huge value for, for, for employee retention as well. When I worked for Mayo Clinic uh, up in Minnesota, they did that where they had uh, a reimbursement program. So if I were to attend my college courses, I did my master's degree, uh, I had to pay everything up front, um, put some of it on a credit card, unfortunately, 
And then um, at the end of the semester, when the grades were finally released, then I could submit an application um, showing my grades and then they would reimburse me. But there is some, you know, barriers as far as um, accessibility. Would you say that this program that you're working with is is more free for the uh, the student in that situation? Yeah. So so students uh, in, in in certain uh, programs and for certain academic providers, um, they are able to uh, not have to pay anything up front. Yeah, which is great. That was a hardship. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely a barrier for a lot of people. Like they'd like they'd be like, of course I want to, but how am I gonna pay up front? Because I'd have to carry the weight and like a master's degree, of course, is mm -hmm. you know a lot per credit, even um thousands and thousands of dollars just to get through one semester and then hold that weight until you know five months later I finally get my grades. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm yeah, stressed out I, just remembering. <laughs> yeah, I just finished my master's in December. And so I was I I I felt that I had to kind of upfront that final credit. And mm -hmm. you know, thankfully, you know, I was able to do it, but absolutely financial barrier is a huge barrier for many people mm -hmm. in exploring any types and different types of education opportunities. So when you first told me that you worked for an ed tech company, I was imagining, you know, working with all these K through 12 schools that have tried to go online, but actually you're talking about adult employees. Yeah. Yep. Higher education, kind of post-secondary education. Got it. Um, real, well, actually it's anything, but uh, adult learners. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, anything mm -hmm. from like GED completing high school uh -huh. um, to like certificates to mm -hmm. associates, bachelor's, master's. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to go back and talk a little bit about when you first started working from home. I like to kind of go back and and just kind of get a feel for, you know, how did you feel about that? Like you you said that the reason that you felt driven to work from home is because of the childcare situation. Was it something that you saw off saw after? Um, did you approach anyone saying, do you know of any work from home opportunities, or did that just kind of fall into your lap? Yeah, no, I had to like really like leverage my network and yeah. talked with a lot of people. Um, and, um, you know, I, I kind of have a, a weird situation in that my, most of my pro professional career, I've like crafted my own roles. Mm -hmm. So I felt a little bit more comfortable doing so. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so through kind of conversations was able to say like, well, what do you need? How can I help you? Here are my strings. Mm -hmm. Um and kind of come to a solution where I, I, I could provide a benefit and kind of create a situation that, that worked for me. I think oftentimes, you know, for the most part, I think, yes, there are jobs that are posted there for a reason, but, you know, it, it also never hurts to like put an ear on the ground or, or have informal conversations with your network and, and say, mm -hmm. here's what I offer. Like, what could we, you know, is there an opportunity to collaborate or to create a role that fits your needs uh, or to modify uh, mm -hmm. a role to, to kind of fit, fit your needs? Is it like, does it happen everywhere and for everyone? No. Um, but I think it's, it's an option that may, maybe people don't think about that it could happen. Did you go straight from working a desk job in an office to um, like on Friday, finish up, close up shop and start on Monday working this kind of executive assistant type job? Did you have to come, did you get to bring anything home from the university or was it like an informal arrangement just with that one person? Yeah. So I was able to, I was able to like 
get support from kind of the u- new unit and they provided me everything that I needed to work from home and awesome. and was able to then, you know, start once I had, you know, my, my desk set up and my technology set up, nothing, I didn't need anything fancy, a laptop and a screen. Okay. Um, so, you know, definitely um, was, was provided with what I needed to ensure that I worked from home and, and was able to do so. And same thing kind of with my new corporation when I switched over was able to kind of, they had a process for onboarding remote people. And I was able to kind Mm -hmm. of get, get that support that I needed. So a lot of the people that I've interviewed in the recent episodes have been entrepreneurs who were on their own, kind of setting their own, you know, path, starting off, you know, with whatever they have. Um, But you are working for an employer. Um, What was that onboarding situation like? Like, were there videos or did you have like one-on-ones with people for training? Yeah. So for like, when I first moved with the same company to the, to the remote, there's like not, obviously there wasn't a lot of onboarding. So it, it almost required a lot of communication on my part to be like, all right, I'm online. What do you want me to do? Uh Um, And it required a little bit of like, you know, working together to figure things out um, and set a cadence for my kind of when, when we, when I joined the uh, guild, they had a whole process and had worked together, you know, had had a, a kind of like an onboarding process, like two week process to learn about the company and the culture and the, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it, it was just a lot of Zoom meetings, uh, yeah. uh, you know, but they did have a, a, a more formal process. So, um, you know, but I think even, sh- sorry, ahead. did you get to shadow anybody? No, no. I mean, the, the, there, there wasn't anyone in the company that had my role. So it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm full of like weird situations. It was an acquisition of another company huh? uh, into, into Guild. And so everything was new. It was like, everything was new for everyone. And I think in that sense, it, it was nice because we were all going, through, you know, there was like a hundred people going through the transition together. Um, and I think that maybe that was unique and kind of created a space where like everyone was remote because of the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. everyone was joining a new company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, while the pandemic was going on. Right. Very unique situation. Yeah. But it sounds like it was, uh, kind of like the perfect storm as far in a good way, (laughs) perfect storm in a good way, um, that, you guys kind of had that bonding experience of going through the same thing at the same time. Um, I know when my. I'm trying to think like when my husband onboarded into his company, you know, he was just the new guy and you were all the new guy (laughs) at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I wonder like, would, would we feel as close, would we feel as close knit if, if we hadn't gone through that experience together? Mm. Um, And I, you know, if, if the majority of the company was in person still and, you know, some are still remote, you know, mm-hmm. how would that be? So definitely, I think for me, it's made me more aware that, and for the future, I want to be more inclusive and be aware of who isn't remote mm-hmm. so that they feel kind of a sense of belonging. And so for like the ERG that I mentioned, the Employer Research Group for Latinos, there are many of them based in Denver. And I'm always the one saying, but remember, we have remote people. How can we make this inclusive? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just requires 
uh, again, I think companies and individuals just have to be more intentional about maintaining those social connections. And it's hard. Um, Do you have people that are all over the country working for this one organization based out of Denver? Yeah. How do you handle the time zone differences? You were across three or four hours. I mean, you just schedule meetings, um, uh, kind of, you know where people are based. So you just have to be be aware. Sometimes it can create a challenge in, in mm-hmm. making sure that uh, people are available at the same time, might shorten a window. But at the same time, I think there is this social contract of flexibility. So, you know, if you try and be as accommodating as possible to people across different time zones, if a majority of the time zones are in one, one person might need to work a little bit uh, later one meeting, but we try yeah. and really just be be thoughtful and inclusive um, in in when we're crafting meetings where people are located. It's kind of Sounds weird like- for Air- for Arizona because we're like yeah. sometimes I'm Pacific time, sometimes I'm Denver time. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, yeah, that's I usually can keep it uh, straight, but when I did my last interview, I I confessed for everyone to hear that I actually messed up the time. She wanted to set it for 1030 Eastern time. And in my brain, 10 time, I actually usually know this, but my sister just moved across the country from Eastern time into mountain time and something in my brain switched and I just got it wrong. Um, So during the middle of my interview, my, um, my, my alarm clocks were going off to remind me to start the interview. (laughs) Thankfully we met at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's right around the time of daylight savings time. It can be a little confusing when people don't always realize that Arizona has uh, not switched their time and it's, it's confusing. I just say I'm on Pacific time at this time of year. Yeah. I'm on time. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because as I reflect for me, it sometimes means like, I think right now I, I start earlier, like I work eight to five. When I'm in Denver, I'm working later. I'm working, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm not in Pacific time with the, some of my coworkers, I'm, I work later nine to six. So mm-hmm. it's like my, my calendar, my yeah. thing shifts according to. Yeah. When, when I uh, worked for Mayo, I had to change my time. Everyone else uh, in Minnesota stayed in their central time zone, except for their clocks were changing and mine wasn't, but that meant I had to change an hour forward and an hour back. Yeah. Um, and what that got tricky around was the time of school getting out. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I had to race the kids home and like basically log in at my desk, you know, and my babysitter was supposed to be walking down the street and sometimes she showed up, sometimes she didn't. And I'd be starting work and my babysitter wouldn't be there. Um, and then the piano lessons would start and it was just it was a little confusing for the after school part because I was working kind of like a second shift into the third shift hours. Um, so yeah, Arizona does kind of present a little bit of unique challenge with time zones. Uh, what do they give you as far as equipment? Uh, just a, a laptop. Um, and then um, you're able to kind of request additional things according to your needs. So I think mm-hmm. everyone has different needs and different ways that they like to work. And so okay. they you're able to kind of request other stuff. I already had a, a second monitor. So for me, mm-hmm. that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to have multiple monitors. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, they, they just provided a, a laptop, but okay. I can request more as needed. How do you feel about your desk setup? Do you feel comfortable? Is it ergonomic? Um, so my desk is just like a table. My chair is ergonomic. Um, I'm very, uh, flexible where, where I, 
I work though, you know, I think I do try and keep my chair ergonomic and, um, I used to have like an ergonomic keyboard and an ergonomic, uh, mouse, but since I started guild, I didn't, uh, I don't have those. You haven't requested them yet? No, I haven't, but I actually don't like, I'm like, "Eh, it's more, more stuff on your desk that I don't need. Um, so, um, Definitely. I think as long as I have my second screen for me, that's enough, but I know as long as you're not in pain or getting uncomfortable, as soon as you start to get the aches and pains, I would definitely get on that. It's more for me, usually the height of my keyboard tray is one of the most important factors for me. And so when I was trying to type at a straight uh, table, that's when I started having problems with, um, sorry, I'm adjusting, uh, with, uh, what do they call it? It's not carpal tunnel tendonitis. Mm. I started to get, you know, numbness in my hands. And that's when I was driven to go ahead and get the, the adjustable keyboard tray. Yeah. Haven't had it yet, but uh, you know, we'll definitely stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, let's talk about you. You've mentioned a few times that you've got kiddos. Um, where are they while you're working? Yeah. So they're, they're at home. Uh, well, with a the pandemic, uh, they've been at home. It's, it's been a challenge like all of us, um, but uh, particularly I got pregnant in November. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm doing August, but right at the height of the pandemic and schools in Arizona were still open. My daughter's special needs, she doesn't wear a mask. So I was like, you know, she was going to school and I was just like praying to God that everything would be okay. And then I got pregnant. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? Like, you know, what if I get sick, you know, she hasn't gotten sick, but then December got horrible. Um, and so she's been home. She didn't go to school for the whole semester just because I, I just had a lot of anxiety of what would happen mm-hmm. to her, to me. Yeah. And then it kind of got too late to send her back. So it, it's just been a, a weird semester and she's been at home with my mm-hmm. son. I am so, so, so blessed that I have a cousin that lives with us um, kind of created a win-win situation where, you know, she's able to, 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 um, live here rent-free and, um, you know, we get along really well. Um, and she helps me with the kiddos during the day. Um, All right. Was that the situation? Like, was that, did she come to your home for that reason? Yeah. Yeah. We were able to kind of, uh, you know, in looking for childcare options was able to, to kind of, create that solution for us. And that's been, um, just a huge blessing, uh, again, just because for, for many special needs parents, you know, the struggle of finding good and consistent childcare. Yeah. Um, so I don't take it for lightly or for granted that mm-hmm. we just got lucky to happen to have a family member who oh, wow. you don't mind living with us all the time. Um, and who's a great help during the day. So can you kind of uh, walk us through like what a typical day would look like for you? Like uh, when do you see your kids and when do you get to work? Yeah. So my daughter has sleep issues due to her. She has Angelman syndrome. It's a rare neurological disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that 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 happens with it is uh, sleep issues. So she can wake up anywhere from 3.50 to 5.30, depending on the day. So I never know when I'm waking up. Lately, mm-hmm. it's been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we chill kind of early in the morning. And then my two-year-old wakes up anywhere from 
six to seven thirty. None of my kids, I guess, have consistent sleep cycles. I don't know how <laughs> other parents do it. But yeah, so in the morning, we we just kind of chill together. We play, we watch TV. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes the parent guilt of watching TV hits, but whatever. <laughs> right now, pregnant, third trimester, my brain is done. I just want to cuddle and not think. <laughs> so that's what we, we do in the morning. We have watched a lot more TV in the last year than I would care to admit. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are we all have just a lot to of a lot of bonding time in the morning. Oh yeah, do, yeah. Do you do breakfast together? Mm-hmm. We do breakfast together, um, and then around eight or nine, depending on meetings, that's when I'll start work. And I kind of have my my son right now is very much into like, no, don't leave. Um, and and um, so I, we kind of have started a routine where I say, okay, bye bye, Mama has to go to work and give me a kiss, and he gets it because I've seen once I do that, then he's like, okay, bye bye, Mama. Cool. Um, so that's been nice. Um, they know you're at home. They know I'm at home. So what's hard is with my daughter. Sometimes all I, I just, I'm working and I hear mama, she's nonverbal as well, but can say mama, so she's, mm-hmm. mama, mama, mama. And she's whining and it's hard. It is mm-hmm. hard having your kids there and working and you just have to tune it out. Like mm-hmm. I have to be firm and just tune it out in order to succeed. Otherwise I would be out there and once I leave my room, you know, I, I try and only leave my room to go eat or get water, but if they see me that disrupts mm -hmm. them, you know, I bet where is your office? It's in my bedroom. So I have, you know, access to bathroom and my desk. That's all I need. Uh Um, and, uh, you know, I go, I only like leave my office usually in back-to-back meetings or kind of have high, high priority items. So, I don't have time to sometimes eat anyways. Um, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll go out and I eat, uh, you know, grab something to eat and bring it back to my desk. And if they see me, it can disrupt things. So okay. um, I'd say they're getting more used to seeing me at random times. And, you know, I don't make a big fuss or sometimes I like run across so that they don't see me. Um, <laughs> it's it, reminding it has <laughs> It's reminded me of the, the years when we had part-time nannies, I worked those weird hours into the early morning, um, sometimes overnight even, and we had part-time nannies. So they'd come for a few hours in the morning and, um, we'd always, I text them. I'd be like laying in my bed and be like, I need to come out for some reason. I need to go out the front door and go to an appointment or something like that. Like when I was pregnant too. And go see if you can find any birds in the backyard or just something to get them out of my, like, out of the line of sight. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're in the front yard, I'm going to sneak out the back or something like that. Um, yeah, it's got, you had to get a little creative. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, so you don't usually do lunch together. You're usually working no. through your lunch. Cause I guess that's when the, the, the concentration of all those meetings is from your people from all over the place. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, eat through lunch. Um, you know, obviously I'm I'm there. And you know, what's I guess the hardest thing about having them there and me working is that there's a lot of interruptions sometimes with like text of like, hey, this is needed, or or you know, my you know diaper blowout, I need help. So like I'm there, you know, which is also good. Um because yeah. I'm able to 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 troubleshoot, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and but there's, so there's still kind of a burden that you have to juggle of like random things come up and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you thought you would have work time and no, you know, you thought you would have two hours work time and now you have 
maybe even an hour work time, yeah. an hour flew yeah. by. So you just, it's, it's hard. It's if like, I don't think a person if, so like my husband could not work from home at all because no. he needs like total focus, no noise. Like if he is like out of his attention mode, it takes him like another hour to come back. I'm able to kind of pivot quickly, um, you know, some days better than others when I'm not pregnant, even better. Um, but, uh, like pregnancy brain is also real. It's a struggle. Um, yep. but yeah, like, I think it's, it's not for everyone. Um, and I think if, if you can't fo- like, if you need quiet and focus time, my situation would not work for you. Mm-hmm. But some people are working remotely with nobody in the house. Exactly. So. Uh, You said that during the pandemic, they are at home, but are you looking toward anything different for coming up fall here or? Well, so my daughter will go back to school. So, you know, I'll have to deal with eight from eight to three. She'll have school. um, Mm -hmm. And so I'll have kind of an interruption in the middle of the day where I have to go pick her up and bring her back quickly. Mm -hmm. Kind of how you were saying, like rushing back uh, to to get into your next meeting. Is your cousin able to drive them or no? No, she doesn't like to drive. Um, so I, you know, I take that on still, um, mm-hmm. but my cousin would be with my newborn now and my daughter. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Um, let's chat a little bit about what's, what you're looking forward to in the future. Like your perfect day, once, uh, your six-year-old is back in her, in her school setting, how would you think that will change? I mean, I really don't think it will change much, except like (laughs) she's going to be happier and more engaged. And I'm not going to feel as guilty when she has bad days and doesn't want to play. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think nothing's going to change for me. I think it's going to change for my kids where my son might have more one-on-one time or more time with the baby. Um, uh, And my daughter is going to have more engagement at school and Mm -hmm. be able to see friends and not be as bored sometimes at home. But for me, nothing. Everything's going to stay the same. And uh, so you'll have your built-in uh, family member uh, ready to help with the newborn. Yeah. Um, are you anticipating taking some time off? Yeah. Thankfully, my company provides um, 14 weeks of paid leave. So wow. Huge blessing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huge blessing. Um, and so... Um, yeah, I'll be home a couple of months kind of in the chaos of childcare and raising a newborn and figuring out a new routine. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I, I, I recognize how blessed I am in the situation and the company that I work for is awesome. And, you know, I, it's like a best case scenario. Had this opportunity not showed up, I don't know if I would have been working right now. Sounds like a dream situation overall. Now, uh, speaking of situations, <laughs> Arizona's getting really hot this week. So hot, like 115. <laughs> and it's it's hard when you have kids. All they want to do is want to go out. I don't want to mm-hmm. go out. It's so hot. Like, I, I hate the heat. I thought I would leave Arizona after college, and I'm still here. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> we, um, we have a birthday happening this week and I'd like to get out and do an adventure last year, this time of year, we were not leaving the house for like four months. We were being really weird and just staying in and, you know, making the most of it in the house. 
Um, but now I'm like, you know what? Cause last year when we have a birthday, I just basically spent the money that I would have paid for like a birthday party on just more presents. And we did a treasure hunt of presents through the house. And this year we're trying to save money. Um, I'm not working as much uh, teaching as I usually am because the kids are all home. And so I'm like, let's save money, but do an adventure and just get out and beat the heat in the morning. So we're going to like get up at four o'clock in the morning and go drive somewhere interesting, try to avoid the fires. We're also in the middle of fire season here in Arizona. Um, pretty rough, but it's going to be 90 degrees, even at like the crack of dawn. So it's just going to get hotter from there. <laughs> I know. Maybe you can go to a lake at five in the morning <laughs> maybe. that would maybe I, I think unless you have a we don't have a pool but it, that's the only way I'm outside I go to my yeah. mom's house and we hang out at the pool yeah um you know in the we mornings neighborhood pool um but I was gonna ask you like what about social life for you like I know you're a busy mom with three kiddos and you have a little bit of a wonky sleep schedule uh how have you been able to maintain relationships while working and working from home I mean, you know, texts and stuff like that, but frankly, right now, I, I haven't, you know, um, I haven't maintained social relationships and it's something that I know I'm, I'm craving and I'm hoping post pandemic life and post baby, mm-hmm. maybe once baby, you know, at the end of the year, I can re-engage some of, of my friends, right. um, I think thankfully we're, we're all in that same sp- space maybe, or many of us mm-hmm. are where we, we, we've stayed in touch with many people, but haven't mm-hmm. seen them in a really long time. Yeah. Um, so the struggle, the struggle is real to kind of yeah. find, find and keep connections and keep your friendships. Um, uh, Regina and I met in a Facebook group for moms mm-hmm. um, locally. And I feel like even though I don't know people in those groups, like, in some ways it's kind of nice actually when you don't know everybody because you can feel very free (laughs) I guess um and I feel like I spend a lot of my time my social time is engaging with people in Facebook groups you know you find common interests and engage that way yeah for sure I totally can relate to that particularly for like um I'm in a lot of like special needs moms groups for my, my daughter's syndrome and I you know sometimes I'm I'm, I'm on there or seeing messages or responding to messages, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. I don't have a lot of time right now. So yeah. right now, I think we all live in lives or, or, or in times where we have more time, less time when your yeah. kids are little, it's really hard. Uh, and then the pandemic, it's really, you know, really, really right. hard. Um, I'm hoping to maybe do some play dates in the future. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like having little kids, especially babies, um, when we're not in the pandemic kind of opens up the doors to, to get to know people. People are more likely to smile at you and start a little conversation. Um, when you've got a kid kind of like, I think that helps break the ice. (laughs) And I feel like when I've been in that era of having the small kids, um, it felt like it was a little bit easier in some ways to make friends, but also complicated because of nap times and needing to get home and cranky kids. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I, my, my philosophy in life is like, I choose my battles right now. I'm so focused on like my work life and my kids and my, you know, my husband, um, that right now I, I feel, I feel fine. I've my, yeah. my cup is full. 
I'm, I'm starting to get sense. Like my, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to need kind of those, like the other moms and physical connection, you know, mm-hmm. go meet with them one-on-ones. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to seek that out, but I'm in the very much like, just pick your battles right now. My, yeah. right now I have enough on my plate that, that I'm okay. And it sounds like with your work situation, it sounds like there already is some of that like collaboration and connection and being intentional. Um, I have, I think when I worked from home for Mayo Clinic, the only way that I really communicated with people ever was just through a text box, um, like chats. We never had video. We didn't have a camera. Yeah. Um, my husband, they don't they it's business it's like they have skype meetings and some people are on camera most of them aren't and there's very little chit chat i think skype Skype is still a thing whatever they call it nowadays um (laughs) all i know is that he doesn't do video he just you know they just listen to each other as like it's like a big conference call for them yeah 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 i hear you yeah it's just a different culture I think mm-hmm. after one year, it's almost like the one year anniversary of the pandemic. They had like a icebreaker, like a team building meeting after one year, one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's just a different culture, you know, yeah. a different set of people, they're engineers. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right that have maybe like, because at work and my coworkers and it's like very engaging. It kind of fills that social bonding mm-hmm. um up for me that yeah. I'm yeah that I'm okay I feel like I get that even from just hosting this podcast like I get to have a conversation and talk with people and we sometimes to chat a little bit before and after too and I like that yeah yeah we all need a sense of belonging and we find it in different ways and I think I've been able to find it within my company um and you know look forward to be able to build more in-person bonding and connections, uh, uh, you know, once the pandemic is done. Um, but absolutely. I think that sense of belonging and connection with people is so important and not everyone can, can be in that culture or, or maybe has that opportunity in the, during the work time. I'd like to ask a question as I'm usually wrapping up and I just like to hear everyone's opinion. Cause I know it's going to be different for everybody. Do you have any advice for people who are thinking about working from home or who want to make that decision if they're going to try to pursue it permanently? Some people are being asked to return back to the office and are having to make that decision. Uh, do I want to go back to that life or do I want to start something and look for something new? I think it's, um, you know, our conversation made me reflect that it's, it, it depends on corporate culture. I don't know if I would want to work from home if I worked in a company where I felt isolated because for me, connection is important. So I think it depends on corporate culture. It depends on your individual preference. Some people might love that they don't have to talk with people, right? And can just get work done and, you know, do whatever. I love the lack of commute. That's wonderful. (laughs) I can get up at, you know, if if I, my daughter you know, or when my husband lets me sleep in, uh, uh, and he's at home and I can sleep in, I can wait, wake up at seven 30 and start work at eight. That's awesome for me. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so it's, it's a variety of variables that you have to take into account for what works best for you. So it's such a personal choice. I think like it can work for everyone if the right variables are there to meet your needs, but ultimately it has to meet yours 
your your individual needs and kind of where you are in life. And so it's a kind of a hard blanket answer. I don't think it's a one size fit all. I agree with you. What about this? What about the people who are interviewing for a new job who are looking for a change? How can you find out about the culture? Um, you know, I think ask, ask questions like, you know, what do you do to create a sense of belonging for your remote workers? If that's what you're looking for, um, you know, how, uh, what, what are their ways to, to engage, you know, with, with, with others, um, you know, ask about company values, uh, ask about, and learn more about like department culture. Cause also like a company might have a philosophy, but who right. your immediate boss might have a different one. Right. Um, so I, I think you can ask smart questions yeah. to make sure that, that the company is the right fit for you. One of the advices that I got from someone is like, when you're looking for a job, it's a, it has to be a two-way fit, right? It's not how you, it's not just how you fit in with whoever's hiring you, but how they fit in with you. And I think many times people are in jobs they hate. I, I thankfully one have never been in a situation where I've hated where I've worked because I've been very intentional about selecting roles that are a fit for me. Good. Well, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, you know, I think, I think I think it's important to to recognize how um, hopefully remote roles allow many working moms to be able to not make a trade-off between being moms and being professionals. And, and, and I think we're often as women put in those situations where we do have to make trade-offs. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope we can continue to create a system that, that, allows people if, if they want to continue working to be able to, to work. When I had my kids, um, at home, I still had help with them while I was working or sleeping actually in my case. Um, but just having them and being home just made sure that we had, it meant that we had more time together in the, in the long run. Like if I would have been commuting and dropping them off at daycare, we wouldn't have had as much time together. Um, though I know that a lot of people who work from home do have their kids off at daycare as well. Yeah, it's a it's such a personal situation, right? You you craft it uh, to if you're able to, but it's also a privilege, and I recognize yeah. that it's a privilege because not everyone has that privilege to work from home or to have adequate childcare, and so it's I think it's important to also recognize. Well, thank you, Regina. This has been April Malone with Regina Uribe, and thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.